We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in to the wednesday edition of pack a day podcast i am one of your co-hosts dusty evely no steve tonight but join me as always is the wonderful sarah kelleher sarah how are you how is your bye week are you coming back uh, rested and refreshed and all of that fun stuff I am actually. It was a great bye week. Um, just spent the weekend really doing a lot of nothing, which was <laughs> awesome. I don't get a lot of weekends like that. It feels like anymore. Um, so I actually hung out with one of my friends I hadn't seen in a bit. Um, you know, watched some college football on Saturday, a little bit of NFL on Sunday. But it's so nice to just watch and not have to stress or write a recap. And you know, I love. Of course, I love the Packers, but. Hey, that bye week, I take full advantage every year. So I definitely enjoyed the break, but I'm excited. I feel like Packers-Bears is the perfect game back right after a bye. It gets you super excited about the season again. Um, and this last half that is obviously going to be critically important to the Packers. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm pumped. What about you? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm I'm a uh, after kind of decrying it for many many years. I'm a big red zone convert. So if it's not Packers, I just have red zone on. Uh, and with with kids, uh, if I've got the kids, you know, around running around all day, which they they tend to be at my house, um, it works really nicely because I don't have to have I don't have to answer questions like you know dur- during the commercials of Daddy, why are they they pulling that person's head off um, in a CSI commercial or something like that? It's just I get to I get to relax, I get to watch, and I got to do that. I didn't get to sit down to watch football all day, but when I was watching football, it was all red zone, no stress. It was just just kind of nice. Got to got to laugh at some stuff. Got to enjoy a Lions win, which was awesome. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. I always I, I get kind of uh, I usually get burnt out around this time of year with the writing and the kind of the grind of it all. Uh, and so, getting a week off, it's kind of nice. I'm I'm excited excited for the rest of the year. Uh, so. With all that being said, we're gonna we're gonna jump in, man. We got a we got a game this week. We didn't have a game to preview last week. We have a game to preview this week. And our game is we got Packers Bears at Lambeau Field. It's gonna be super, super cold. Uh, but it's 
you know, if you can't get excited about Packers Bears in the cold, I, I don't know why you're listening to this. I guess. <laughs> uh, start off with a couple of news and notes. I mean, the big one is uh, Jordan Love tested positive for COVID. He's he's vaccinated, which means you know he he did test positive. Uh, he's got to kind of wait out the period. We hope he's doing okay. Uh, no, I you know no reports on that obviously, but we hope Love is doing okay. But that means that Kurt Bankert, Kurt Bankert. A fan favorite has been promoted to the 53. It'll be the backup quarterback this weekend. Sarah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, good for Kurt. This is really great. Um, But we all knew this was coming, right? We saw that Love tested positive. And, you know, that's why Benkert's on the roster. He's there um, to be able to step in in practice, um, you know, the a situation would have to be very extreme and rare for him to actually get in in the game, um, but it is possible. So um, he's a great guy. You know, everybody on Twitter loves him. Definitely, like you said, a fan favorite. Um, so it's always nice, you know, he to see someone at least get elevated to the 53. He'll be able to do um, that and actually dress out for the game, be there on the sideline. And who knows, he might be able to like kneeled out at the end of the game or something. And that would be pretty cool. I think everybody would go crazy if he did that. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. good for, good for him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm excited. He's one of those, like I, you know, I, sometimes I forget he's a football player and I'll see him on the sideline. I'm like, Oh, I know that guy. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you're that's, like, Kurt, that's my friend from Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's practice squad. He plays for them. That's why he is. That's why he's there. Uh, the other, other big uh, news and note from today. Aaron Jones, they nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, the Packers nominee to go along with that. Also very exciting. Corey Lindsley is the nominee for the Chargers out there. Him and his wife, Anna, doing good good work uh, out out and, uh, with the Chargers uh, just as much as they did in Green Bay. Just some good people there. So, Sarah, how did you feel not only that it's Aaron Jones, but also Corey Lindsley? You saw those announcements. Yeah, I mean, this made me really happy. Both of them. Um, are fantastic people. Um, you know, the Lindsleys in Green Bay, they did so much. They were mm-hmm. so uh, passionate about giving back to the community. I'm pretty sure Lindsley was nominated um, for the Packers, if I remember correctly, in the past. Um, and to see Aaron Jones get that nomination this year uh, was really special. We know if you follow Jones on social media, you see he's pretty active in the community now. Um, he's always been described as a class act, as someone who's so generous and respectful. Um, so it wasn't a shock to see that someone like Aaron Jones was nominated for this, but it did make me really happy. I feel like he is so loved and really deserves this kind of recognition um and for the team you know to nominate him like that probably meant a lot i saw that he posted you know that his his dad he hopes his dad would be proud of him because he raised him to be a good man and that right there just tells you that he's so deserving of this honor and i'm sure his dad is smiling down on him and is so proud of him not just for what he's doing on the football field but you know how he leads his family and just mentors younger guys like AJ Dillon and is a good teammate and you know cares about the people around him. So I I was so excited when you know I checked my phone real quick during work and saw that news. It was really special. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I 
feel the same way. Echo all of those thoughts. Just just love what he does in the field, but just love him more as a person. Just that that running back room, man. It's <laughs> like hard for us to find a better running back room of just just dudes, just good dudes, rather than uh, the AJ Jones or Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Just some good people. Um, well, so this was the bye week. We had the bye week, and you know, kept saying it's rest up. You know, got a lot of injuries. Get some guys back. We still don't really know if any guys are coming back. You know, tomorrow's group, hopefully we'll be covering that. You get the injury report out. We still don't know who's practicing. Some of that was touched on a little bit, as well as some other things on uh, Roger's appearance on McAfee today. So you jump in. Give us some of the highlights from Roger's, uh, Roger's talking about things on Pat McAfee today. Yeah, so he definitely talked about injuries a lot. Um, that kind of, They kind of opened up the show talking about that. Um, he was actually in L.A. for real this time. It was actually Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he said if you looked at the feet and um, the car, <laughs> you would have known that it was him. So yes. he went to L.A. during the bye week basically to get a second opinion about the toe. Um, he said, you know, of course, we have great doctors here. Uh, everyone knows that the the foot doctor in Green Bay is like the foot doctor, like a bunch of other athletes go to Green Bay to have surgery there. Um, but he said, you know, just like any medical decision, he wanted to get a second opinion. He went to L.A., said that there were no mindset changes after that. And the biggest thing is rest, but that the toe is improving and that they'll see how it feels later in the week. Um, if he were to get surgery, the toe would have to be immobilized the rest of the year because they put a pin in. Um, so that's kind of why he's trying to avoid that if possible. Um, but again, he's sticking by um, that he will not miss any games regardless of what's happening with his little pinky toe. Um, so that's kind of an update personally on Aaron Rodgers and his injury. Um they also asked him about Bakhtiari a little bit. Um, like you mentioned, Dusty, you know, we had heard from LaFleur that there's a chance that he could be back. Aaron Rodgers really just, you could tell he was like, he's not going to be back this week. And then kind of had to brush it off and be like, well, I don't think he's coming back this week, but you never know. Um, so it sounds like he'll be out for another week. Um, he brought up, which we've talked about before, um, how uh, Bakhtiari told him if he came back to the Packers that he would be ready to play week one. So Rodgers was like, he's he's kind of uh, letting me down, but he keeps reminding me that he got me that golf cart. And every single thing that he does, if he can't follow through, he just reminds me, well, are, are you still driving that golf cart around? Because <laughs> d- didn't I buy you that? So um, in his words, he said he keeps um, – drawing him into his idiotic uh, ways or something like that. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the O-line in general. Um, and there was an article recently about how the O-line coach really is a big part of Roger's success. And so he talked about just the O-line and how much he loves those guys and how the coaches um, in that room do such a great job of taking care of them. And then he also said, you know, they have to deal with Bakhtiari and he wants to be the center of attention and the class clown. So it takes a lot for somebody to be able to deal with him. Um, They also talked a little bit about if you watched Monday Night Football, uh, the Bills and the Patriots, the wind in that game and how just absolutely absurd that was. Um, But they asked, you know, 
Aaron Rodgers, you're you're a guy that you play football in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You've played, um, you know, in Chicago in cold, cold winter games where the weather is just disgusting. Um, you know, how does the wind really impact things? And they talked a little bit about that. Don't want to give everything away, but it was quite interesting. I definitely uh, would give it a listen if you have it. Uh, the big news, which is maybe the most terrifying news um, from this episode was that Roger said that there are conversations happening um, about him going on the Manning cast in January. Uh, so no. that's not good as I'm sure many of you know who are listening to this. Uh, there's a Manning cast curse every time a player goes on the next week, their team loses um, and obviously, we don't want that to happen, especially in January. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Matt Schneidman kind of looked it up, and it would be the Lions that the Packers were playing. And maybe, you know, by then, they would have already clinched uh, the playoff spot and Rodgers wouldn't play. Either way, either I hope this doesn't happen or that the curse is already broken by then. So then we're like, okay, it was broken, so he can go on. No worries about it. But Definitely something to monitor, guys. Um, and let's keep our fingers crossed about that one. Um, they also talked a little bit about Roger's birthday week. Um, you know, his birthday was last week. He said he had a great birthday. He really enjoyed it. Talked a little bit about how he hopes to travel again. New Zealand was fun. That was one of his favorite places he's been to. He went to Hobbitland because I guess he likes the Lord of the Rings. Um, and he actually met up with the Bakhtiari family because they just happened to be in New Zealand at the same time. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, and then we'll wrap it up with book 13 of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club. And that is The Answer Is by Alex Trebek. Um, so kind of a no-brainer why Aaron Rodgers uh, picked this one. It's obviously very meaningful to him. Huge Jeopardy guy. Loved Alex Trebek. I mean, we all did. Um, and he was such an important part of so many people's lives. And Rodgers said he got this book before he hosted um, his Jeopardy episodes and that he read it before his shows went live. And that it's just a short read, two to three page chapters that include stories about Alex Trebek's life. And that he kind of start, first started writing the book when he uh, was first diagnosed with cancer. So he talks about his life and, um, you know, eventually the end of his life. Um, so it seems like a very interesting read and obviously something that's close to Aaron Rodgers' heart. Um, so that kind of wraps it up. They talked about, you know, plenty of other things, but that's a pretty decent recap of this week's Pat McAfee. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That's awesome. Thank you, sir. I was hoping that uh, he was going to say Jair, Z, and uh, Bakhtiari were all back this week. I, thought, I was hoping that announcement was going to drop, but unfortunately, it doesn't sound like that's the case. So. Not yet, at least. All right. Keep my fingers crossed. Well, we do have a game uh, this weekend. Again, Bears uh, Bears going up to Green Bay. So, Sarah, we as we always do, we look at what the Packers offense, what we're looking for Packers offense versus the opposing defense. Right now we have the Bears, you know, Typically, uh, pretty good Bears defense, not so much this year. Uh, and coming off a of bye week, Sarah, what are you looking for for the Packers to do against this Bears defense? Yeah, so I'm really excited about this one, like I said. And this is a classic Packers-Bears matchup. Sunday night football, freezing cold at Lambeau Field. And this just screams A.J. Dillon to me. Um, I mean, you don't want to tackle A.J. Dillon, period, let alone in the freezing cold temperatures at Lambeau Field um, against, you know, the team's owner, essentially, too. So um, definitely going to be looking out for the running game this week um, and specifically just the splits between Dillon and Jones. Um, Obviously, this is kind of the environment that most of us would think Joan, or excuse me, Dylan um, would get a few more touches in. And we also still don't know Jones' status. He was coming off that knee injury. He kind of surprised everybody by playing in the last game before the bye. Um, but we don't know. How's he doing? Um, obviously, Dylan got a few more touches because Jones was still coming back. He was a little bit limited. But what's going to happen this week? We don't really know. And um, I definitely think that either one of them can run all over the Bears defense. Uh, This, um, in my opinion, will be a pretty run-heavy game, just, you know, with the elements and everything, too. If Rodgers' toe is still bothering him, they might lean on the run game a little bit more. But I really think this is kind of A.J. Dillon's moment to shine. This is why they drafted a guy like him. Um, And if Jones is still nursing that knee injury a little bit, they might lean on Dylan a bit more. So I'm going to really just be looking at the run game and, you know, how who they're going to lean on more. Are they going to split it 50-50? Who knows? That's what I'm going to be looking out for. What about you? 
Yeah, that yeah, it's good on the run game. It's nice to have a guy like AJ Dillon. He'd be like, well, our number one back isn't, you know, he's still, we can nurse him along a little bit because we have like a 250 pound bruiser that can also catch the ball. It's kind of, kind of a nice little backup plan there. Um, Packers knew what they were doing with that pick. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at how are they attacking in the passing game. I mean, like you said, Sarah, it's, it's cold. It's at night. You know, it's going to be going to be uh, you know maybe some win there as well. And so, the run game likely makes some sense, but they're going to throw it. I would <laughs> like the Patriots. They're going to throw it more than three times. I'm going to assume. So, how do they do that? The Bears uh, Bears secondary is not good. I was looking at Football Outsiders their DVOA stuff. They're <laughs> They're not good at all, man. Uh, so they are – the Bears are 22nd against the pass, 18 against the rush. They're, they're just not a good defense. Again, they're 18th overall. So, like, not amazing. Um, like, not not terrible, terrible, but also kind of terrible. And it's funny if you look at some of the splits because they're they're kind of – they go to what a offense and what the Packers would like to do. First down against the pass, the Bears are 8th. First down against the rush, they're 20th. Well – the Packers like to run on first down. Uh, when you look at the second down passing, the Bears are 28th. When you look at the second down rush, they're sixth. Packers like to kind of run, like to pass. And, and so it's all of these, like, what the pack is, like, tendency stuff. The Bears are bad at those things. So the main thing I'm looking at is just how are they attacking by the pass? The Bears do, you know, kind of what a lot of teams are doing. They show that too high shell and they kind of either play that too high, that split safety look, or they'll kind of spin a little bit. They seem like they're really slow doing it. A lot of times they'll kind of play what they declare up front. And if they don't, they they don't seem very quick or instinctive. And so that downfield passing, even against, I mean, the, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray had a, it was a really nice touchdown pass, but it was off a split safety look and it was a vertical route up the sideline that typically is capped by a, by the safety to that side. And they just, they didn't do that. So you get some weird blown coverages, you get some things that likely shouldn't happen. And so you're like, you're going to have some of those things, but as we all know, Rogers knows kind of, he knows the places to attack. He'll light up a guy over and over again. If, he knows he can. The Bears defense is riddled with those guys. But if we look at the cornerback, okay, so they've got Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson's fine. Uh, but after that, it's already Burns. And then when they go nickel, their nickel back is Xavier Howard or Xavier Crawford. Sorry. They'll put Devontae in the slot and just roast Xavier Crawford over and over again if they're giving it to him. So it's kind of that where are they going to go? Are they going to go kind of more quick game stuff when they go deep? What kind of stuff they're looking to beat them deep? But I think it's going to be a whole lot of just. We'll get. We're going to get Devonte Isod. We're going to get three wide receivers out there. We get Devonte Isod. Do we like that matchup? We're just going to throw it to him because we believe he's going to win. So I think it's going to be just a whole lot of just <laughs> defense picking your poison, and then you kind of go over to that ISO side, and then you can hit MVS over the top. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in the passing game when they do that. I mean, how many targets does Devonte get, and how are they looking to get him open? All right, we did not have a prop bet last week because it was a bye week we are going to do it this week so start off uh you know i've I've made up a little ground to my own horn here but i've made up a little ground i'm not the lions uh we're currently sitting we missed a week uh and so we're currently sitting on 12 we've we've picked 12 games i'm four and eight sarah you're six and six steve is seven and five so i've got some ground to make up here uh, and you and steve are kind of right there together so what we're going to do this week we are going to look at we we kind of didn't want to do yardage or turnovers and stuff because looking honestly looking at some of the bear stuff it's a little sad and this one is also a little sad but we want to do something a little different so 
This is from the dope sheet. Uh, Rogers has posted a 125 plus passer rating and multiple touchdown passes in each of his last three games of Chicago. It's the second longest streak anyone has done against a single team, only behind Drew Brees' four game streak against the Raiders. Now that ran from 2005 to 2016 because they didn't play each other every year. So if Rogers has 125 passer rating in this game, he passes or he ties Drew Brees uh, with four against a single team. So the over under this week, and I, listen, I know there's flaws with quarterback rating and blah, 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 blah. But this, this is where we're going. Over under Rogers quarterback rating 125 against the Bears. I tell you what, I think I know where you guys are heading. I need to make up ground here. I'm fading myself. I'm going to take the under. I think it's uh, it's windy. You know, obviously it's 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 efficiency. So if he he could throw, I don't know, five passes, and it doesn't matter. Like you still like the variance is going to be higher, obviously, but you can still post a high QB rating with that. I'm going to go under. I just think with with the wind and just some of the different factors that that may play into this. I just I think it might be. might be a little lower than 125. Like maybe just maybe just a tick, just a tick. We'll, we'll give him like you know 120 or something. Good enough to still put it in like a really good game, but also like bad enough for me to win. Uh, so I'm gonna take the under, Sarah. We know St- Steve's taking the over. Steve uh, messages Steve's taking the over. Uh, Sarah, what are you taking? I'm actually going to agree with you. I was going to oh, take man. the under too. Um, and I swear I'm not just saying that because he said it, but for all the same reasons and the toe injury, if that's really bothering Roger still, I just feel like maybe he'll have a good game, but it won't be the I own you level that we've seen in the past. Um, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. This is one of those uh, prop bets where if I'm wrong. I'm going to be pleased. So I win either way, um, <laughs> but I'm going to take the under. I thought I was going to get one on you there. All right. <laughs> Let's just hope it's the under so that Steve can't gloat over us when he's back next week. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> all right, Sarah, that, that is it for a preview. Uh, we've got, as always, we asked for some Twitter questions, and you guys gave us some. Unfortunately, we can't answer all of them. Got some really good ones, but we did get some we're going to answer. Sarah, what do we got for questions today? Yeah, we got plenty of good questions. Our first one is from Frey underscore Cheese. Um, And they want to know, let's say that Alexander, King, Stokes, and Douglas are all healthy and playing in a few weeks. Where on the field and how much do you anticipate those four guys to play? Does King get less minutes or will they heavily favor a game plan that has them all on the field together? Dusty, what are your thoughts about this? I think it's going to be about what we were seeing kind of early on before Jair went out. I think it's going to be the three would be uh, Jair, King and Stokes. And then when, you know, depending on matchups and all of that stuff, when you bring in your nickel package and you have those three in there, I think you bump Jair inside. When we did, we did see some King. We saw, I think we saw King getting bumped inside and that look earlier, but I still, I like the kind of Stokes King outside and then Jair with the kind of twitchier, slot guy there with with the ways teams can uh, attack you from there so that's that's kind of where i'd be sitting i know everyone loves douglas i love i like douglas as well i think he's he's the more limited of all of those guys so i think uh, uh jair king stokes and, and i mean my feeling when there's two of them it's jair and stokes and then you bring in the nickel and uh maybe you bump king inside or depending on matchup you bump jair inside you've got some ways you can mix and match that so that's that's kind of where I, I feel I think and again it's it's very matchup dependent so I don't think as far as like the end of it does King get less less minutes or they heavily favor a game plan that all of them on the field together 
it really depends from a matchup perspective what the other team is doing. You don't want you don't want King out there if it's a whole lot of like base run stuff. Uh, but I do think he'd be. Uh, I think I do think he'd be the nickel. He's the third guy out there. Interesting. Our next question is from Robin Erickson, and they want to know which current Packer, excluding Mercedes Lewis and Bakhtiari, would you like to join the coaching staff once retired? Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. I'm going Dark Horse here because he's a rookie and I know he's not done well on kickoff returns and all of that stuff. But I'm going Amari Rogers. I, I've been banging the drum for him a lot you know i never expected him to be a huge contributor uh, as a third round rookie but i mean just everything you hear about him you know in college coming out of college you know he was he'd been around the game a ton he just you like the the if you had two ways to describe him it was like hard worker hard worker studier uh basically it like he works hard he studies he reads everything he tries to memorize this stuff he really gets down in the weeds to make sure he's prepared and he's just he's always wants to try to improve and so a guy like that who's smart motivated hard-working guy i just feel like there's there's a place for him again when he retires and however many years it is when he retires i just feel like that just from a personality standpoint i think that's a guy that could be uh, successful in that role and for me this might be kind of a weird answer for some people, but I'm going to go Devontae Adams. And that's because when you're that great, like that's just infectious. And we've seen it with guys like MVS and Lazard. They love him and they really look up to him. And you can see where they try to incorporate elements of his game or the advice that he gives them. Um, So like if he were to come back and be like a wide receivers coach, I think that would be awesome and he's obviously well liked in the locker room he's a leader on the team and any feature story that you read about Devonte adams people always talk about his work ethic and how he's obsessed with the mechanics um and just you know he said it before too when he's on the like out there lining up against the guy like he wants to kill them like that's his thing <laughs> he's like i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna beat the guy in front of me and if you have a coach like that that's constantly like hyping you up and telling you um telling you that plus you're adding the skill level the experience all to it, I think he could make a really valuable coach um, and could really serve as a great mentor to some younger players um, who probably really idolize him. Our next question is for Maggie, and she wants to know, Maggie always brings the heat, as everybody knows, (laughs) if you had to assign all of the quarterbacks in the NFC North a new team, 
how would you distribute them and how would that change the trajectories of their seasons? All right, so I'm going uh, – okay, first off, I'm going Aaron Rodgers and I'm putting him on the Lions. And I'm, and I'm putting him on the Lions for one simple reason, and that's because – uh, I like Dan Campbell. I think you you see those press conferences. I mean, he was kind of the off season. It was kind of a punchline, you know, the biting kneecaps and all that stuff. But you see him throughout the season, and like he, I don't know he's he seems like a a good dude. He's a good motivator. Like you know, they've the Lions have been bad. I, that's not all on him. You know, there's kind of a talent deficit there, a little, not a little bit, quite a bit. But he that dude cares. Like he felt every single loss, every, and they they lost some heartbreakers this year. So I kind of I want Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers over on the Lions and Aaron Rodgers doesn't get to the playoffs and that sucks, but I just want Dean Campbell to be happy and I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I, I originally was like the, my original thought was if you're trying to improve them, uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Vikings makes sense because they're on that cusp anyway, but I don't want that. Um, so I just want Dan Campbell to be happy. So Aaron Rodgers goes to the Lions to make Dan Campbell happy. I'm putting Kirk Cousins on the Bears because I don't, I don't know. Like they, he could elevate their QB play, I think, from where it is now. He's uh, at least I say a somewhat steady hand prone to really, really dumb mistakes, which is different. But he at least like knows what he's doing. He understands the ideas that he's supposed to be doing. And right now, Andy Dalton just can't do that. And Justin Fields just isn't there yet. Uh, Justin Fields, I'm putting on the Packers. Like I just said, I don't think he's there yet, but I think he brings a dimension to this team that the other guys do not. You know, you get that kind of the running, some of the physicality, and there are there are those just amazing flashes. So I think you can – I think the Packers get there still with the running game. That's still fine. Justin Fields adds an added element there. Uh, you get more room in the running game when your quarterback is a running threat. So you're opening up more lanes just from having Justin Fields back there. Justin Fields ascends quicker. He takes the Packers to the playoffs, so his season's great. And then the last one, uh, Jared Goff is going to the Vikings. And that's because, again, the Vikings are kind of on the cusp. You know, they just lost to the Lions, haha, but they're, they still are on that cusp of playoff contention. And Goff, I mean, for all of his faults, if things are going well, he's still a competent quarterback. Again, he still knows what he's supposed to do. He's not amazing but we've seen him do good things before in a very very similar offense with some of the McVay Ram stuff so I think if we if you put Goff in there for Cousins and Goff I think <laughs> Goff is more limited than Cousins I think to some extent but he's got a better arm and he also doesn't make all of the dumb mistakes that Kirk Cousins does uh, so he's gonna he's not gonna make all of those plays I think Cousins is, is a higher ceiling right now but Goff will still get you, get you there so Rodgers makes Dan Campbell happy Kirk Cousins makes the Bears offense competent. Justin Fields boosts the Packers run game. Jared Goff, I don't know. You don't get all the dumb mistakes that Cousins does, and they contend for a playoff spot. So that's my uh, that's my rundown there. I really went back and forth with with the Bears guy just because right now it's Andy Dalton and not Fields, but I want to put Fields in there because ultimately he's the guy if he's healthy. Yeah, I, I think those are all great choices. I would say Aaron Rodgers to the Lions for a different reason, and that's because the Bears and the Vikings fans piss me off too much. <laughs> I'm like, you don't deserve him. Where the Lions, they've never really done anything to upset me or annoy me. So <laughs> that's why I would go with that. Um, our next question is from Jordan. Um, and they want to know what lesser known Packer player will all the fans remember after this season? And then a food take, what sauce on food makes it inedible to you? 
I just have a hard time with these questions because it, it's like who's lesser known to one person. I mean, right now, I mean, I know you and I are, but other people are. Everyone's kind of so plugged in to the ins and outs, man. I mean, people got excited and celebrated when Kurt Baker went to the 53 and he's been practice squad all year. Like he should be a lesser known guy. He lives on the practice squad, but he's not. I mean, I don't even think JJ Molson is a lesser known. He's a kicker who is just planted on the practice squad. So I have a tough time with the lesser known Packers just because I assume everyone is well known. If you would ask someone in August, if Devondre Campbell was going to make an impact, some people would say no. And then other people would tell you who's Devondre Campbell. Uh, And so it's, it's tough. I mean, I think if we're looking kind of for a, uh, for a guy with a potential breakout, I'll just go, I go either uh, Josiah Deguara, who is, who is a known person. You know, he was a highest draft pick a couple years ago. He still hasn't done much in the passing game. Uh, so I'd, I'd go Deguara or I'm going to pound the table for this guy again. I'm going to go Tyler Davis. Uh, Tyler Davis is a guy I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, he's basically been a special teams guy, but he kind of had the same kind of story as Tunyon, a uh, college wide receiver, converted tight end. And so I feel like if things click for him and they find packages for him, I mean, he and it doesn't even take much. All it takes is one play, two plays. If you get Tyler Davis out there and he'll get a few snaps a game in the offensive game, stretch the field, make a big play in the playoffs, Tyler Davis playoff hero. So, yeah, yeah, throw out DeGuara. Everyone knows DeGuara. Let's go Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis is your Andre Risen, Howard Green of uh, the 2021 playoff run. And what sauce on food makes it inedible to you? Oh, like just mayonnaise. Yeah. Just, like not like – not like – you know, there's some like you can take a little bit because whatever. But for the most part, I don't like mayonnaise. If it's globs of mayonnaise, I just I can't do it, man. Yeah, for me, it's that and relish. I no. I'm not a relish fan, and I know it's not like a common one like mayo or mustard. But still, when I see it, I'm like avoid, avoid at all costs. <laughs> so, um, our next question is from Matt Pickett and. He wants to know, what are your arguments or counter arguments for and against LaFleur for Coach of the Year? And then what are your favorite and least favorite Christmas and holiday Christmas slash holiday songs and why? Um, So I can start with this one since Dusty's been answering a lot of these questions. Um, There are no counter arguments. Uh, He should be Coach of the Year would be my answer for that. Um, not only, and I know people will go, Ooh, he has Aaron Rodgers, he has Devontae Adams and all of these good players. Well, you still have to somehow bring all of those egos, all of that talent together um, to make sure that it works, whether it's on offense, defense, in the locker room, whatever it is. And it seems like everybody loves Matt LaFleur. The team is doing awesome. And let's not forget the... And how can we forget the crazy offseason drama, all of the injuries the Packers have battled through this year, and they somehow are still one of, if not the best team in the NFL. And that it all goes back to the floor, all goes back to coaching, the adjustments that they're able to make week to week, how they're able to counsel and coach these guys through some very weird drama and just unusual circumstances. And he should absolutely be considered and he should definitely be a contender to win coach of the year. So that would be my argument. And then my favorite holiday song. I mean, there's a lot. I love Feliz Navidad. 
my mom is Peruvian. And so my whole side of the family um, is Hispanic and they listen to obviously all sorts of Christmas music. Obviously, Feliz Navidad is the very, you know, more mainstream um, of Latin American Christmas music, but um, I still love it. I remember as a kid, I I, I kind of think it goes back to this. As a kid, my mom used to always sing it to me. I would, you know, think I was cool because I was like eight and singing in Spanish. So it just kind of grew on me and still one of my favorites. But there, there are so many good ones. Last Christmas, you know, Grown Up Christmas List, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, all of the classics. I love Christmas music. But one, it's not the song that I hate, but the version of it, um, Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is Coming to Town <laughs> makes me so mad the whole thing is okay, and then you get to the end, and he's just, like, wailing and, like, yelling that Santa Claus is coming to town and sounding, like, exhausted. And I'm like, I know, because you've screamed it at the top of your lungs multiple times. So um, that would be my least favorite. And they also play it on the radio all the time. It's like every time I get in my car between the end of November and Christmas – that song is on every time I turn on the Christmas music and I'm sick of it. More than fair. More than fair. Uh, I'll answer the coach one first. So to me, it's, it's not a question of, uh, of arguments against him as much as there's arguments in favor of, of other people. It's, it's something I always try to keep in mind with this stuff is there are other coaches out there. It's not saying LaFleur is not deserving. There's just a lot of deserving coaches out there. I think of like what Cliff Kingsbury's done out in Arizona, uh, you know, two and one with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy in the year of our Lord 2021 as a starter. And DeAndre Hopkins missed those games as well, you know, and they, they beat, you know, the Niners and the Seahawks, which, you know, the Packers beat them as well. Um, and they're not, you know, they, they've been up and down. They, they lost to the Panthers and the Panthers have had some good stretches. So it's not like, you know, world beaters there, but two and one with Colt McCoy and, uh, no, DeAndre Hopkins is is you know that's good, and he's ten and two. That the number one seed. You think of a guy like Bill Belichick, who is, should always be in the conversation, and what he's doing with that defense, and what he's doing to kind of bring Mac Jones along slowly. And you see him like a plug and play quarterback already, and just you know, I know he he only got three attempts this past week, but how they've kind of what Belichick always does is kind of build these systems around the these guys that he has and just kind of dominates, especially on the defensive side. So, uh, and, and even like to a lesser extent, I don't think he belongs there, but someone like Zach Taylor and what he's doing in Cincinnati, you know, there was a lot of talk after the draft with the Jamar chase pick, or they should have taken Sewell. And I still, to some extent think they probably should have, but they're seven and five and they're second in the very messy AFC North right now, but, and they've been up and down, not a consistent team, but they've made pretty huge strides. So to me, that's always a, I try to keep in mind, not it's not people hate LaFleur it's you gotta look around the league and see what other coaches are doing as well and so I think there's there's a handful of other very deserving coaches but you know I think LaFleur certainly belongs in the conversation I I believe he should win for pretty much all the reasons that Sarah said you know they've had adversity in the offseason they've had adversity in season I mean you, you think of they lost you know their their left tackle still isn't back they lost their number one cornerback you know one of the, again one of the, like probably a top 3 cornerback in the league they lost one of their best edge rushers they were down 
Rashawn Gary in a game he didn't play. Like you just think of the guys who have missed little bits here and there. Their big contributors have been, uh, you know, Devondre Campbell at inside linebacker, who was a late pickup, and Rasul Douglas, who they picked up off a practice squad. Like these guys come in, and it's not just a floor, it's the whole staff, but these guys come in and they know what they're doing uh, right away. You don't see, I mean, that's one of the big things, especially defensively. You don't see those busts this year that we're used to seeing. You don't see a guy running free 50 yards down the field. Like everything's they bring guys in and they coach them up and they get them in places where they need to be. And that's the sign of a really good coaching staff, especially with all the injuries they've had. So I think Lazor LaFleur certainly deserves it given what they had when the off season and and the injuries they had in season and the season they had overall. But I just think there's, you know, there's, there's some other people out there that are also deserving that should be in the conversation. If LaFleur loses, it doesn't mean people are against LaFleur. It just means there's a lot of good candidates out there. And favorite Christmas song. So, man, uh, I worked retail for years and it was after uh, I worked at a bookstore, a local bookstore here for like three to four years. And I worked in the music department after Thanksgiving. It was all Christmas music all the time. So a lot of the standard stuff I just can't even listen to. I have a really hard time with it. So. I try to go with somewhat non-traditional. I mean, I'll go Elvis. Give me like Blue Christmas by Elvis because that song is just tremendous. And there's a great cover by Lowe that I may like a little better. But I I try to go, you know, like Lowe, just like Christmas. The Lowe Christmas album is incredible. There's a a new book. The Killers put one out a couple years ago. Christmas in L.A. is great. Um, Emmy the Great and Tim Wheeler put one out a few years ago. They got uh, Christmas Moon and uh, Zombie Christmas is on there as well. Zombie Christmas is good. Sufjan Stevens stuff. Something like Sister Winter. Rosie Thomas is tremendous. Uh, Christmas in Hollis from an all-time great Christmas movie, Die Hard, from Run DMC. That's always on in my house as well. And so there's a lot of really, really good ones. I have uh, I have a playlist of, I think, about 80 songs. And some of them are just versions of classic songs. But I used to love Bing Crosby Christmas stuff. And, like, I just – I can't even listen to it anymore. I just – it was, like, three to four years. That's all I listened to, and I just can't do it. Uh, and my worst um, – <laughs> it's anything by the Chipmunks, man. Um my kids got in the chipmunks and it's just, it's an abomination. Like you shouldn't have to listen to that. It's all, it's high pitched. There's a man screaming at him half the time. It's, it's, it's real, real bad. So it's not even, a, it's not even a song. It's just anything about the chipmunks. Oh, and I will say, say Paul McCartney's wonderful Christmas time. Like it's a lot of undeserved hate. I like that one. I like that one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, and our final question is from Upgrade, and they want to know, you're GM of a team that's making a head coaching change, and you've decided your next head coach is someone on the Packers staff. Who are you poaching? So Dusty and I both agreed that it would be Hackett. Mm-hmm. And the bad news is that he'll probably be poached um, at one point. Um, he's no longer a secret. 
pretty much it seems like every time the Packers are playing a primetime game, they pan up to him um, at least once. And the broadcasters talk about how great he is, how he'll certainly be a head coach one day. Um, So, you know, I feel like Hackett kind of used to be our secret and that (laughs) he was our hidden gem. And now he's he's grown up and everybody knows about him. So that would... Not to speak for Dusty, but we both agreed when we were looking through the questions that uh, it would definitely be Hackett. So that wraps us up for questions and for the episode this week. So, Dusty, I will pass it to you for some final thoughts. Uh, yeah. So first off, this was this was something we saw on Twitter today. This is from uh, Packers History. This is in honor of Bears Week. Here's a fun fact. If you went back and handed the Bears a 7 nothing lead before every Packers-Bears matchup in the combined Favre-Rogers era, so it's 60 games going back to 92, the Packers still would have outscored the Bears head-to-head in the era. So you could, you could <laughs> spot them seven points every game going back to 92, and the Packers have still scored more total points than them over that. That's... That's it's insane. Like that's just just utter dominance. So I wanted to make sure that we threw that out there. And last thing, you know, bye week. So my week is a little different. I don't I don't have a game to look at. I had some ideas of some things to do, and a lot of those things didn't happen. But I have one I'm hoping to get out. I haven't done as much work on it as I'd wanted to, but I've been charting the Packers passing offense since I think like week three. Basically every pass attempt, what um what concept they were using. So I'm looking at Something like that. Looking at it from like a self-scouting angle. What's the, how's the Packers passing attack fared so far this year? And we're looking at it through the lens of different passing concepts, how they performed, maybe some of the ones that were best, some of the ones that were worst, the highest average, lowest average, and kind of where they worked at. If it was third and long, what was their best concept? Uh, so I'm digging into that right now. I've got, you know, pivot tables going, just all kinds of really awesome pivot tables that everyone likes hearing about. Uh, so I'm hoping to have something on that up on Cheesehead this week, uh, but I'm not entirely sure when. So that's a bad, bad plug, but that's that's all I got. All righty. And for me, I'm I'm back this week. I Like I said last week, I also had a buy, um, but Sunday, I will late Sunday night, we'll have my game recap up. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, bedtime story edition is back and a go for this Sunday. Um, if you don't stay up late and you're going to go to bed right after the game, then hey, right before work on Monday, it'll be there on Cheesehead TV waiting for you. Um, so excited to um, write the recap again. Um, and it should be it should be a really fun game. So that will wrap us up for this week. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. I know Steve's not here, but at Steve Perhatch, at Dusty Evely, and at Sarah Kelleher4. Excited to watch Aaron Rodgers hopefully own the Bears again this week. And we will see you next week. As always, go Pack Go!